My name is Mark Viquez, and this is the Ballpark Hunter Podcast, a weekly show that discusses topics at the ballpark from the game day experiences, stadium news, logo changes, and everything else that's brewing at the game. We cover it all from the baseball to the beer. Invite you to stay tuned and hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. This is Mark Viquez, the Ballpark Hunter. With me today on this week's episode is Cameron Kovac. He is the president of the Florence Flamingos of the Coastal Plain League. Cameron, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right. So you guys did something which uh, they say is the first in organized baseball. You decided to rebrand during the season, even though it was the last homestand or the last game. You went from the Red Wolves to the Florence Flamingos. Tell us why you did that. Yeah, no, great question. Um, So we took over this team, our our ownership group. They own the Macon Bacon, which is another team in our league. Um, So we came in in August of 2020 um, and took over this franchise and and saw a lot of potential here in Florence, South Carolina, and looked forward to the future of new stadiums. So we figured new stadium new brand it's time to freshen it up and do something new so that's when we went out to the fan base and did a help us rename the team promotion so we went out to the fan base and said what do you guys think what do you think we should call the team name um we got a flurry of responses i want to say it was upwards of a thousand um responses from the fan base uh we took the five most popular um put those out there and we went back to the fan base and said okay now rank your most favorite and least favorite and flamingos just rose to the top mm-hmm. and flamingos is something that you can have a lot of fun with. Uh, we have all pink uniforms. I think we're one of the only teams in professional sport that has pink as a primary color. So, um, but in addition to that, we saw how crucial it was to do it in season and really, I guess, do something that no other team has done, which is rebrand and then be that team as of the last game. And it was really, really successful. Cause I remember the Chicago white Sox did that in 1990 their last series they they introduced the current uniforms that they're wearing now and everybody was like oh black and silver they look so good but you guys went to black and pink which is becoming quite popular you know those colors have always looked good i just think now is the time uh for a baseball team and i think there's a i think there's a soccer team up in minneapolis the minneapolis city crows uh they were black and pink as well so I, I love black and pink. That's a great color to me. Uh, how has merchandise been since you introduced that until now? It's been crazy. So right after when we announced it, it was July 31st, the two weeks after it was announced, we had sold merchandise in all 50 states. Nice. And I believe we we're at eight countries. Now we're up to about eight 10 countries. or 11 countries. So Ten. that's, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's India, Malaysia, Canada, Puerto Rico. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. So merchandise sales are going uh, crazy. And then when you compare it to the old brand of the Red Wolves, it's nine day. I mean, like we're like a thousand percent increase wow. than, uh, from the previous brand. And um, that's really with only one game under our belt. So mm-hmm. now that we're going into this actual season, uh, that number is just going to continue to climb. Those are good problems to have, keeping up with the demand mm-hmm. of, uh, of things. You know, usually I have had a lot of people on this podcast and talked about rebrands, and they'll say maybe three, four countries top. I mean, you're talking about 10. That's, mm-hmm. that's quite impressive. So obviously, flamingos, the pink, the black, 
definitely has uh, struck a chord with a lot of folks. Now, are you selling the pink hats more compared to the black ones, or is it a combination of everything? Yeah, I think the, the most popular um, thing we have now is the pink hats. Uh, it took a while to get the pink hats just due to the current situation in the world that it is now. Um, I think we were on pre-sale with those things for weeks yeah. and months, um, but people were still buying them. And then once they got them, they're like, wow, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, you can see this half from outer space practically. So those pink hats are, are going like crazy, uh, pink shirts. Um, mm -hmm. But we also have the, the black hats, which are, are selling just fine as well. So it's yeah. everything's really moving along. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. If somebody doesn't like the pink that much, they'll go with the black hats. And, and then I also saw some designer trucker caps that uh, are kind of in between the black and the pink there. So were any fans upset with the Red Wolves not being around anymore? I mean, did you get any complaints or? You know, there was um, it, a little bit, but mostly the social, like the vocal minority on the social media, um, like some posts here and there. Yeah. But when you meet them in person and, and you describe the why behind it and how this is so great for Florence and the fact that now that we're the Flamingos and the brand is really traveling all over the country, all over the world, um, they, they see like the why behind it. Because when we sell merchandise, like a t-shirt, if a t-shirt goes to Canada, it says Florence on it. It says Florence Flamingos, Florence, South Carolina. It's basically putting Florence on the map. Yes. Um, which is huge. No, no, you're absolutely right. I live up in uh, Fishers, Indiana, and I do see people from time to time with Savannah Bananas gear, you know, mm -hmm. T-shirts. Uh, usually it's the T-shirts at the Kroger when I'm shopping. But that's what happens. You stop and you say, hey, I, I know that team. And they'll, mm -hmm. they'll say, yeah, I went down there on vacation. So hopefully soon we'll see some Florence Flamingos because that's a great looking logo as well. Uh, now, you mentioned there were some uh, thousand uh, entries and it brought down to five. What were some of the other ones uh, that were close or the team maybe thought about. So you had, um, you had flapjacks was, a uh, was up there, um, you know, going along with the, the breakfast theme. Yeah, of the so league. Not um, a bad name. No, um, no you had the magicians, which, so Florence is known as the magic city. Oddly yes. enough. So that was part of it. Like magic city magicians. Um, you had the fighting palmettos. So the palmetto is, Ooh, I the, like the that. Tree. I like um, that. That one's pretty popular. Um, we could have had a lot of fun with that. And then the, the last one was um, the A-bombs. So that was after, um, so there's an area around here where an atomic bomb was dropped and didn't detonate, uh, which was close to our old stadium. So there's a little bit of history uh, with the area. So it was just kind of like tying back to the history. Yeah, I, I don't know what people think about that now during our, our mm -hmm. state of things. So glad you didn't go with the A-bombs, but the fighting palmettos, you know, I don't think I was aware of the different names you guys had picked. I know I wrote an article for it for Stadium Journey, and I might have even contacted you for some quotes. But uh, yeah, Fighting Palmettos, you could have had fun with that. But you know, I think Flamingos was a great way to go. I don't think there was another team called the Flamingos. And, you know, a Flamingos Pink, you, you got to own up to it. So you guys are definitely right. uh, crushing it there. Uh, do you, uh, has it led to any anything new besides merchandise sales? Any new connections, sponsorships? Has anything happened out of the ordinary that you said, wow, if we did not rebrand, this may never have happened? You know, there, there's some cool things that we can do at our new stadium. So, for instance, our beer garden, we're going to call it the Budweiser Lagoon. So going along the theme of, of Flamingos, our, 
our party area is the party perch, even though flamingos don't perch, I'm sure other yeah. birds do, but, um, but it's just trying to be unique, especially moving into that new stadium, unique with the branding, um, whether it's like coming up with a name for our team store, stuff like that. And then the potential of, okay, like, can we get some live flamingos out to games? Our owner is pushing for, he wants some live flamingos out to, you know, the home opener, or at least one of our games, which I think would be, it's cool. It's unique. It's different. Um, of course, we can have a lot of fun with the, the plastic Milan flamingos, which I'm sure those will be all over the stadium, but let's get some real ones. Yeah, definitely. How, how hard is that to harness to, uh, I guess, herd some, I guess that's not the term you use for flamingos, yeah, but right. how hard would that be to get, a group of a group of flamingos to your ballpark uh so far it's really hard so we're still <laughs> trying we're still trying to find um how you do that um probably establish a relationship with some zoo but um we're gonna try we're gonna keep trying yeah actually they're called a flamboyance mm-hmm. a flamboyance which um there you go flamboyance can be used in uh something at the ballpark which uh that's a nice little segue here because you guys are opening up Carolina Bank Field as we speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it done? Almost done? Where, where are we with construction? So I was actually there earlier today. Um, Ooh, so they'll be you. ready for our first home game, which is May 28th. Uh, the seats are in. The stands are up. Um, our club area is getting built in. And um, there's a lot of, like, minor stuff they still need to do, which they'll be fine. I mean, every construction project that I've ever seen always likes to push it up to the deadline. Oh, definitely. Um, so we're, we're very optimistic. All right. Yeah. Cause I'm looking at this, it's the centerpiece of this uh, baseball complex there. What can fans expect at, uh, at the new ballpark that they didn't have at the last one? Yeah. So one behind home plate, there's actually going to be an open air club. So it's our five-star automotive club. Um, it's the only covered area in the stadium. Um, and it's going to be really for that business clientele, but it, it's phenomenal view. You're right behind home plate. Um, you're going to have you know tables and chairs. There's ceiling fans in there. It's it's upscale, um, which we didn't have at the old ballpark. We're also going to have a the KJ's party perch, which is like a party deck area with tables and chairs, and um, we'll have the Budweiser lagoons, the beer garden, and one of our hallmarks is everything we do except for single game are all you can eat. So pretty much everybody in the ballpark are all you can eat. So hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken sandwich, cookies, chips, soda, water. Um, so that really adds to the fan experience. All right. So you say if you buy a single ticket, that doesn't count. You have to buy. Right. That, you have to buy a five game package or come as a group. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I hear a lot of teams pushing for that. I think that's going to be the norm at ballparks in the future. Just, uh, you know, all you can eat and drink. Uh, does that, I don't assume that includes beer, just soda. Oh yeah. That, no. that might get us in some. Yeah. Okay. Tough <laughs> and we would no. lose a lot of money probably. But, you you know. know, yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, you know, when you talk about foods there, obviously the, all you can eat will be, uh, uh, you know, your basic ballpark foods. Are we going to see any kind of designer foods, any kind of wacky foods that uh, are created just for the stadium? We're, we're still trying to think and, in- and, you know, um, think about what we want to do or if we're going to come up with anything for this first year. Okay. Um, I think our, our Kona ice partner who does like the frozen ice, he's going to have like a special flamingos flavor, um, like a pink ice. Um, but we're, we're trying to, and I've challenged my director of food and beverage. All right. Like we are the flamingos. Like, what can we do? Um, 
you know, some pink foods might be kind of gross, uh, but I'm sure you can do like, you know, pink popcorn or, you know, some other stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, no, you're absolutely right. I, I'm thinking cotton candy. I'm thinking uh, like some kind of pink uh, alcoholic drink slushies, pink ice cream, pink Italian ice. Uh, you really can't go wrong with that. Now, do I want a, a pink chicken? Absolutely not. Chicken sandwich. <laughs> no, that, that might gross me out a little bit, uh, especially if somebody doesn't realize it's raw and, and, and colored. So I, I hear you there. Uh, definitely hear you there. So uh, you guys took over. You opened up the new ballpark. Uh, anything you're going to miss about the old baseball stadium, Sparrow uh, Field? So Sparrow is a, it's a great facility. It's probably one of the better Division II baseball stadiums definitely i've ever seen frankly um the only thing that was not for us was we had to move in you know a week after they ended which was like right up against our season then once our season ended we had to get out of there which is fine i mean it's their facility um so we didn't really get enough time to get in there and like make it feel like our own so that's the big thing um but it i mean it's an awesome place um i think like they do such a great job out there in terms of facilities um, it's just going to be really nice to get into Carolina Bank Field and, and get comfortable. And the guys, it's going to feel more like home. So it's going to be more themed out for us versus going in and seeing a lot of Francis Marion stuff mm-hmm. um, or temporary signage for the, for the Red Wolves or the Flamingos. No, no. Yeah, I know what that's like. You go to a ballpark and you know this is not their stadium. You know they're renting it or they're borrowing it because you see all the collegiate signs. Uh, and sometimes the teams will adopt the similar color to blend in. It never really works. So having your own ballpark, you get to do whatever you want. Nobody bothers you. I assume you guys are the main tenant, uh, or is there, is there any other team playing there as well when you guys aren't around? So we are the main tenant, and we will actually work with the city of Florence to bring in other events. So whether okay. that's concerts or festivals or potentially like college baseball tournaments or any of that stuff. So um, we'll work hand in hand with them because it's such a big sports tourism driver for the city. Uh, it's, we have our stadium, but there's also little league fields and the track and field, which they will control hundred percent. The city's going to control, but that stadium can really attract some stuff in because of where Florence is geographically. Um, the fact that we're in South Carolina and the weather's you know, phenomenal most of the time. So um, there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, I was uh, actually in uh, the area last year. I was in Charlotte, a little, yeah. uh, little bit south of there. And I'm looking at the map, looking at what ballparks are nearby. And it's like, oh, they got a new ballpark next year. So, you know, I, I always tell people that the Carolinas are probably one of the best spots to see baseball during the summer. No matter where you are, you're not too far away from a, uh, a ballpark. And I'm just looking at the map. You know, you guys are not too far from Lexington County, Fayetteville, Wilmington, Myrtle Beach. It's it's quite the place to be if you're looking to just hit ballparks every uh, every night of the week. So it's uh, no, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And all right. So any kind of uh, wacky traditions you guys have at the ballpark you're looking to bring over or that you've noticed how, what fans do? That's a great do? question. I don't. Honestly, I don't think we do yet, but I, I know yet. with this brand and with this team, there's definitely going to be some wacky stuff that comes over. Uh, um, I can just think of, you know, top of my head, like standing on one leg. You know, I can see it. Like a flamingo, stuff like that. So I can um, see that too. Like during a rally, people are standing up on one leg, like hurry up, you know, driving a run so we can sit back down. 
exactly so there's there's a lot of fun stuff that can be done um a lot more fun than you know frankly than the previous branding so we can really do some cool stuff yeah now speak of the previous branding what have you done with all the merchandise that says red wolves on it actually sold like almost all of it yeah Uh, i honestly like haven't seen any pieces of merchandise with the name on it we kind of just it's just gone and Um, and yeah And then I assume you guys had a mascot last year. Is he coming back in any form or is he done as well? So the Red Wolf mascot's done. We do have a current mascot in production, um, a big fluffy flamingo, um, which will be hopefully ready for our first game. Um, But so we'll have a new mascot and we'll go out to our fan base as well and say, all right, help us, help us name the mascot. Yeah. Because new mascot needs a new name. No, definitely. That brings out a lot of uh, a lot of folks, too. Yeah, I was in the Appalachian League last year and I saw some, you know, they all rebranded. I saw some old merchandise for selling for five bucks, uh, except for Johnson City. They're still trying to push their old merchandise for full price. Mm-hmm. And, and Burlington kept their old mascot. I guess. Why not? And uh, you saw him running around the stadium as well. But um, how's uh, how's the the off season going so far with putting a team together, putting a staff, making sure your customers are happy, things like that. So it's going well. So, you know, when we got here, um, it was just myself. It was myself. Obviously we had one part timer. Now we're up to, uh, right now we have five full timers, including myself and we're hiring one more. So there'll be six of us, which is um, huge. It's a lot of growth in a short period of time. Oh, definitely awesome for us. Um, Team wise, our coach, um, his name's Lane Harvey. He's um, a third year grad assistant because of COVID at uh, Washburn University in Topeka, Kansas, a D2 school. And um, he's coached in our league a couple couple years. He was at Holly Springs and then he was in Macon two years ago. So he, he knows the Coastal Plain League, which is um, Coastal Plain League. I mean, that they're it's a legit, I mean, it's really good summer college baseball. So I agree. Different different echelon. Um, So he's doing a really good job. He's a Midwest guy. So we have some uh, University of Kansas guys, Missouri State guys, but we also have some guys that are close to home. So Coastal Carolina, Francis Marion, Coker. Um, And he had a, I mean, his roster is pretty much full at the end of the calendar year, except for some pitchers. And he got some more pitchers in. So um, that's looking good. Our fans, um, they're awesome. Uh, Ticket sales are, literally like through the roof compared to where they were um last year and then obviously like before we got here they're even they're crazy i mean i think it's like 300 400 to where it was at this point last year so people are excited or all you can eat plans are, are selling like crazy and the anticipation and going out in the community and talking to people they're just really really pumped and it seems like since April started, they're like really itching for baseball. So we all are. <laughs> yeah, right. so it's a perfect situation for us. And we're just going to continue to ride that momentum all the way through the season. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. And I, I guess a few more questions. Uh, most baseball teams have uh, local collaboration with a craft brewery. Is that something we can see with you guys this year? We'll, we'll see. So our, our – um, our beer partner is Anheuser Busch, the the local um, okay. Anheuser Busch provider down here. They're called Crown Beverage. Um, they're they're great people. They've had some cool ideas, um, and I would love it because you know when I was with the Alliance of American Football, I worked with San Antonio Commanders. I was their vice president of ticket sales. Oh yeah. Um, we had a co-branded beer there, and it was 
so cool. And then I went on to the XFL and we were about to have a co-branded beer with the Dallas Renegades. So like, I'm all for that. So I'm going to be pushing for it. So hopefully we can get something worked out. Yeah. I'm just shocked at the ball, the ball clubs that have them. I was out in Alton, Illinois last year and uh, they're, they're the prospect league uh, summer collegiate club and they had their own beer. I was like, dang. I mean, I always thought that was kind of like a big thing, but it, it might not be too hard to get. So, and, and then you're telling me that when you're the Alliance of American football, they had one with San Antonio. That's yep. wow. Unbelievable. So Cameron, uh, obviously you just said you worked in football is uh, how long have you been in the business for before arriving here in Florence? So I've been in the sports industry since about 2014. Mm -hmm. um, I entered in and intercollegiate athletics. So I worked at University of Texas at Austin. And then I went to University of Delaware. And I went to University of Texas, San Antonio. So that's how I got to San Antonio. Nice. And then I was, um, I guess, recruited into the Alliance American Football, worked that, that gig, and then um, went on to the XFL. And then when COVID hit, um, one of our part owners of the Florence Flamingos actually was my boss at UTSA in San Antonio. So he called me and was like, you know, we're buying this team. They're getting a new stadium. It's like, I've never heard of Florence, South Carolina. <laughs> so um, they flew myself and my wife out to check it out and talk to the old owner and, and see this area. And we were sold. So yeah, it's not hard, um, not hard to fall in love. Right. Exactly. So we've, we've been, I've been all over the place, but um, it's good to be here now. Yeah, so you, and I, I assume you're from Texas, is that correct? So originally, uh, I was born in Columbus, Ohio, but most of my life was in Texas. My, okay. my family, my parents are in San Antonio, my wife's family's in Dallas, so Texas is home. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be in Dallas this year. I'm going to check out the new ballpark in Arlington and and it's finally nice. finally get to Frisco. That is like the mm -hmm. one minor league ballpark that everybody tells me I need to go to that I have not yet been to. But. It's a really nice one. And they have a lazy river in the office. Yeah. Yeah. So I told my wife, I said, they have a lazy river. Just go on a tube and you don't have to watch the baseball game. I don't know if they allow you to drink in there, but we'll just, we'll just float you around and uh, I'll just hang out in the ballpark and enjoy. <laughs> right. And we'll meet after and then we'll go home. So, so you went from Austin to Delaware. How, yeah. how, how was that? How'd you like Delaware? Uh, it was a, it was a big, big change. Yeah. Um, University of Delaware is, it's a, it's a cool spot. And, you know, I got there in like 2016. So like their heyday was like more like 2010, 2007, 2010. So they were, um, really trying to like relive those old days. And I had to go in there and really, you know, initiate an outbound sales effort, which they've never done before, but, um, good people. It's just, eventually I was just like, man, I, I got to get back down South. No, no, I hear you say I grew up in New Jersey. So I just grew up South of Delaware. And we used to always have a joke that the only time you ever go to Delaware is if you miss a turn to the Philadelphia International Airport, <laughs> you Very wind true. up in Delaware. But I, I, I can't mock Delaware. They have some nice beaches and uh, it's, uh, you know, you no, just sales, pay, tax. no so. sales tax. You pay an arm and a leg to, to drive through there to go to Washington or Baltimore. Uh, and and that, that's, that's how it is. So. And then, of course, people will mock New Jersey, which is fine with me. So <laughs> doesn't bother me. So exciting. I'm, listen, I'm looking forward to this season. I, I don't know when I'll be back in Florence, but being that you guys got a lot of ballparks nearby, I'll be sure to be reading a map and scheduling and uh, checking you guys out soon. So when did you say your uh, home opener is again? 
I'm opener is May 28th. May 28th. And people can find you uh what website? FlorenceFlamingos.com. And then single tickets start at what? Let's say I just want to go to the ballpark one night. Single game tickets start at $13. Okay. And it's not all you can eat. So I just want to make no. Okay. Yeah, not all you can eat or all you can eat is uh, $75 for a five game plan. So it's about 15 for all you can eat. That's not bad. That nope. So for 75 bucks, I'll go to five. I, I can do that. I can They're five that. best games too. Three fireworks shows and two other good theme nights. Yeah, even better. So any any folks that live near Florence that are listening to this podcast, that's not a bad deal. Contact us, a representative from the team, or go to their website and, and they'll hook you up. So, uh, Cameron, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. I appreciate it. Anything you want to say before you leave about the twenty two season? Well, we're just really looking forward to actually opening Carolina Bank Field and having a lot of people come out and, and enjoy. So we're looking forward right. to it. All right, Cameron, I appreciate it. And best of luck this year. And if I happen to be in the neighborhood, you'll be the first person I contact. Sounds good. Appreciate All it. All right. Take care. All right. You know, I was just talking to Cameron. Uh, that was Cameron Kovac, president of the Florence Flamingos. He told me a funny story. I wish I had a recording. Sometimes, you know, Mark, just record it, ask the questions. I said, be that you're in Delaware, did you ever have Scrapple? And he said, I had a roommate from Delaware in uh, Texas, and he would feed it to me. And he didn't sound too happy about it, you know. So I'm just picturing Cameron in his dorm room, laying on his back, and his roommate is forcing some Scrapple in his mouth. If you don't know what Scrapple is, look it up. And no, it doesn't taste the same as Geta to my fans in Cincinnati. Uh, I, I know some people that love Geta. My buddy Kevin loves Geta. I'm sorry, he loves Scrapple. And every time I go back home to New Jersey, he wants me to look for it and bring it back. But I think Delaware, uh, I think more people eat it in Delaware than in New Jersey. Uh, it's just how it is. So, yeah, Scrapple, look it up. I'm sure you'll find it on YouTube. And I'm sure you'll find it online. So yeah, that was uh, Cameron Kovac. It's it's that's an exciting rebrand. What they did, they said, "Hey, we're gonna uh, just introduce our new brand. We're not gonna wait to 22, and we're gonna play a game or two. And then I think the uh, West Virginia Power decided to do the same thing a few weeks later or a month later, and they rebranded as the Charleston Dirty Beds, the Dirty Beds. So uh, two teams did that last year, and and Carolina was the first. I'm sorry, Florence was the first. So. Looks like a cool little stadium. You know, I'm looking at some of the ballparks that are being designed in 2022. I'm looking at Lake Country. I'm looking at their ballpark. And these are not your typical bowl seating, wraparound concourse type of dimensions. These are tailor-made for the type of business they're going to do. And I think one of the problems that a lot of minor league baseball teams did in the 90s is they built these ballparks so damn big. You know, I look at some of the Atlantic League clubs. I look at some of the double-A clubs, and I know there's certain standards you have to hit. But a lot of the independent teams, I think they built their ballparks a little bit too big. I guess their attitude was, well, we'll, we'll attract eight, 9,000 people. You're not going to do that on a regular basis. Maybe 4th of July, Memorial Day, Labor Day, fireworks. Uh, maybe, I don't know, for some reason it's the perfect day, Father's Day draws a lot of folks to the ballpark. I, I never realized that sometimes. So, yeah, this, this is a nice little ballpark here, and I, I can't wait to see pictures and reviews at Stadium Journey. 
because I'm sure we'll have somebody out there this year to talk about it. I don't know where I'll be during the summer. I know I'm going to be in Texas for about a week. So uh, I'll probably be trading in the hot summer of the Carolinas to the hot summers of Texas. So don't know how I benefit from that, except much better barbecue. Uh Uh-oh, just ticked off a bunch of people. I'm sorry, Texas barbecue is better than Carolina. Uh, Okay, well, on that note, I better get going because I may get some hateful email or comments on Twitter and whatnot. So this is Mark Viquez, the ballpark hunter, Check me out on Stadium Journey, the industry's leader in sports reviews of everything from the NFL down to the town ball leagues of Minnesota. You can follow me on Twitter, Ballpark Hunter. And of course, check out my videos. Check out my videos, my, my, my videos on the YouTube. Right now, I'm close to 800 subscribers. If I get up to a thousand, booyah, I get paid. So help me get paid and I'll help you help me to help you. So that's it for now, guys. Thank you for listening. This has been a lot of fun and I get to interview really cool people like Cameron and uh, I get to share that with you. So until next time, peace be thy journey. Take care.